Hey guys, I'm Sadie and this is Love What Luck. Please come give me a follow, a like, a subscribe as it really helps the podcast get out. All the links are in the show notes and thank you so much for listening. Let's share the love. Hey guys and welcome back to Love What Luck. Hope you all had a good week. I am recording this week's episode, Home Alone. I'm home alone for the next few days. It's not that often, to be honest, that I'm here by myself. Um, I literally told my mother and she was like, will you be okay there by yourself? I'm like, well, I hope so, Adele. Like, don't be freaking me out, please. To be fair, when I'm by myself, the two things I think about are obviously burglaries and ghosts. And I don't think ghosts uh, in this flat... Although I did have a dream about one the other night. And I'm not lying, right? (laughs) Literally two nights ago, I dreamt that there was a ghost sitting at the end of my bed. And (laughs) I was aware that it was there. And I was asleep, but I knew it was there. So in my sleep, I flagged it. Like, I'm actually aware that that might be a Welsh thing. Like, put my middle finger up to it. And did the wanker sign to a ghost... And I literally felt myself do it in my sleep. And I woke myself up doing it. And then was like, oh my God, shit, no, I can actually feel something on the bed. Like, oh my God, like what's actually happening? And then I remembered as I woke up, oh, you live with your boyfriend and you're in the room that you've been sleeping in for the past 10 months and your boyfriend is lying next to you. It was the weirdest thing. So... I don't know, maybe there are ghosts here, who knows. But yeah, the main thing that I think about are ghosts and I feel like generally okay with that and burglars. And to be fair, we're in a building and there's three flats and I'm the top one. Well, almost the top one. So I think if there is a burglar, then obviously the downstairs flat will get it first and hopefully like they'll raise the alarm for me. So anyway, yes, hopefully I'll be okay. Um, so I'll be by myself next week as well. So stay tuned to see what my mood is like next week after being here by myself. I might be like on edge and <laughs> imagine, imagine I'm like a mess. Um, anyway, yeah, I went to watch the football on Saturday. If you follow me on Instagram at Sadie Maltby, then you'll see that I went to watch Man U versus Chelsea, which is like how funny. But I did actually feel quite lucky to be there like I'm not a football fan at all but I think it's just one of those things that when I was there I was like oh my god I'm actually watching Man U and Chelsea which are like obviously two of the biggest teams that I would know but yeah what I will say is the type of guy that I will not date and I can very very comfortably and easily say I will not or never date a football hooligan they were they were mean. They were honestly just not very nice people. We were lucky that we were in the box, and thank God because everyone in the box was Manu supporting or were Manu supporters. And obviously, the home it was a home game, which in Chelsea's ground, so like all of Chelsea's team supporters were around us, and they were just really aggressive so we were all like trying to hide that we were Man U supporters and then we had one child he was literally I think he was nine if not younger in our box and when Man U scored he like ripped open his shirt and was like kissing the badge and a grown man turned around and called him a prick and 
was shouting about at him. I was like, check yourself, mate. Like, who are you? And, like, really look at your life if you're here on a Saturday afternoon shouting at a nine-year-old over a game of football. Like, I honestly, I couldn't believe it. And then, obviously then, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, what are they girlfriends like? And I was wondering, are they like that at home or, you know, when they're out with their friends and their girlfriends? Oh, is this just like a secret lad behaviour that happens, you know, when they're away from the missus? Because that is my worst nightmare, being with somebody and you think they're one way and then as soon as you're not there and they're with the lads, they become like a different person and not a very good person. Like the classic one that I've come across with literally with an ex-boyfriend and also with his friends is the thing that they say they don't do drugs and then you eventually find out that you do, that they do. Like, that to me is just the worst because why are you hiding that from somebody? Like, it's such a betrayal of trust and I just think it's really hurtful. Like, I remember being out with my ex and his friend was doing drugs and he was like, don't tell his wife. And she has like, no idea that he does that like every time he's out without her I just think that's so much worse than just saying oh look I'm out with the boys tonight I'm gonna get on it for me anyway I would always rather know like that's my number one thing I want to know everything because I just think like when you say you don't trust somebody it goes beyond like them cheating on you I think a lack of trust can come from that type of behaviour. Like, it's a lie at the end of the day. And I just don't think it's a good foundation. But do you know what? We all do it. I think we all do it in a little bit. Like, you know when you're on a first date with somebody and if they say they don't like a certain quality in someone or they're not too fussed on certain things, I think lots of us, if we like that person, will kind of die down how we really feel or, like, hide a certain part of us. To suit them. Like, have you seen the Sex and City episode when Carrie first meets Aiden and he says, like, oh, I hate smoking, could never date a smoker. She's like, oh, yeah, me me too. Even though she smokes. And she literally says, as soon as the lie came out of my mouth, I immediately knew how much I liked him. And I think we all do it a little bit because you're just worried that the person that you like will think about you differently. Like, I've gone through that with Matt where, like, I've told him stuff and you're like, oh you know, this might affect how he thinks about me. But ultimately, I think everyone would rather know what their partner's really like and what they've done. Not that, like, the past matters too much, but I think it's good to be honest always. And then, as bad as it is, but you kind of think, if somebody can't overlook it, if it's really against your values, then you are better off not being together. It's the same as if you're on that first date with somebody... And, you know, they are saying that they, I don't know, they hate people that binge drink. And you tell them, oh, God, yeah, me too. I've, I used to do that, but not anymore. There's only so much time you can keep that up. Because there's going to be a night out one time without your boyfriend that you go out for a brunch or whatever. And you get absolutely steaming. And then it all just explodes. And then, like, you're so far down the line, the feelings are involved and you're just portraying, like, a different image of yourself. It's honestly better to just do it at the start, get everything out of the way, and if they still want to be with you after all the stuff you've told them, then they're a keeper. 
if they don't want to be with you after that, then balls to them. You know, what's the saying? If you can't accept me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Don't mind me just throwing out MSN quotes circa 2005 on today's Love What Like episode. Do you know what, though? We're all guilty of it, but me especially of doing it in job interviews. It's the same thing. I will lie through my teeth like to get that job I remember interviewing before I say interviewing I mean it was like a 15 minute chat for Chilton Firehouse to host us and the whole thing started on a lie now when they're like oh got experience doing this you know how to carry a trade you yes of course I do yeah I used to do that all the time no did I absolutely not did I get found out Yes. How? Because on multiple occasions I would struggle with this tray of drinks and I tipped so many drinks over people's crotches. Now, if you don't know Chilton Firehouse, it's like an extremely posh place. Like Bradley Cooper was staying there when I worked there. Like it's very high end and it's not really the type of place you can be tipping drinks over people's crotches. Thankfully, everyone there happened to saw the funny side, but... Yeah, you're always going to get found out. And I ended up hating the job and quitting after a month anyway. So it would have been better if we were both honest about what we could do at the start and what we wanted. And it would have saved us all a month of hassle, I would say. I've got this story as well this week about a girl who dated a compulsive liar. And she said he would lie about the smallest things like what he ate for lunch and stuff like that. He once told me he had a burger, only to find out later that he actually had pasta. I don't care what you eat, but why are you even lying about stuff like that? That's when I realised he was a compulsive liar. Eventually, I found out he was cheating on me. Lost his job and other things all while we were in a relationship, but he lied about the cheating and unemployment too. Like, do compulsive liars lie about little things to make it easier to lie about big things? Like, is it just a constant practice for them, maybe, so that they can just live a lie the whole time and they don't feel as guilty? It's got to be, because why are you lying about having pasta (laughs) instead of a burger? That's so strange. So yeah, compulsive liars. (laughs) Tip number one, try to avoid them. It's really hard to tell when somebody's lying. Although, have I told you about my ex-boyfriend who was a compulsive liar? Not to me, or so, I mean, that sounds so naive, me saying that now. But he used to lie about random stuff to strangers, like mainly work-related. Like, he would lie about his work position and say it was higher than what it was. Like, because, to be fair, he probably was manifesting it, which is the thing now. But, come on, there's manifesting and then there's, like, lying to people. I always felt that was quite weird. Like, why did I not practice where I preach so much? back then I blame on age I was only 19 got so many years of wisdom behind me now that I would just never tolerate that kind of behavior if somebody lied to me like that like if Matt lied to a stranger about his job I like I would be like red flag red flag although guys do you know what would I because if I came home and then Matt explained to me why he did it I would believe him oh my god have I even grown as a person (laughs) Have I even grown or have I just got lucky and not found compulsive liars anymore? It's actually a really tricky one. Anyway, I'm not going to delve into that. I just feel like I've been thinking this week that we kind of 
spend so much time trying to find somebody that we're compatible with. Like that takes up so much of our time and effort really. Not even if you're looking for a relationship, but generally when you go to date somebody, even if you want something casual, like you still have to find somebody that you match with. So it takes like a lot of our effort. And then when you find that person, if it's the right person, the next part will be really easy. You know, the getting together part should be easy. But then when you're together, it gets hard again. Now, I was even on the train on the way home the other week, right, from a night out, and oh my God, I actually need to tell her this story. There were three young guys on there, like they looked 19, they told me they were 25, they they could not have been 25, one of them looked like a child, he looked 16 to be fair, but anyway, this is the juicy part, they came to talk to me because we were on the train on the way home, they were sat behind me, I was sat in front, and then all of a sudden I hear these noises coming from the toilet on the train, sex noises. So I put my head out in the into the like the aisle and was like, oh my god, what is that? And then the three guys clocked me and like came over to chat wherever. They were like, lads, they're having banter, they're actually really funny. Anyway, after about five minutes, maybe ten minutes, a guy comes out to the toilet and we're like, okay, here we go, here we go. Five minutes after him, a girl comes out. So all the train's like, way, you can imagine, you know, like you've just had sex in a toilet train. I mean, why on earth would you want to do that? Like, why? I don't even want to go to pee in them, let alone have sex in them. But I I couldn't tell. They might have been quite young. I couldn't really tell. But what I found weird was that they both went together and it looked like they were going to get off together. And I was like, well, that's weird because wouldn't you just wait until you got home? Anyway, I'm still chatting to these guys, right? I would say 10 to 15 minutes passes and another girl gets out of the cubicle. Man was having a threesome on the train on the way home. I mean, shook is not the word. I didn't think I'd see sex on a toilet train, which might seem naive, but come on, like they grind me, they dirty. To see a threesome on the train was just not what I was expecting at all. They were absolutely mortified, but like the train wasn't empty. Like it was not that quiet. So they were really playing with fire doing that. But anyway, I was speaking to these guys. They were like proper, like, I'm not even going to do the accent actually because it's low-key embarrassing. But they were proper, like, East London lads. Like, spoke a bit like H, who I realise isn't from East London. But you get the vibe. And he was like, yeah, the thing is, uh, Mandy, my girl... She wants to have sex every night. And I'm telling her, like, if we want something serious, you know, I'm not going to have sex with you every night. I want to get to know you. It gets deeper than that. And I was like, oh, my God. How are these, like, kids having, like, sexual problems? Like, problems in the bedroom with their relationships and they like, kids. And I just think that lots of relationships are easy, like, I would say 80% of the time when they work in. Like, they're not meant to be hard a lot are definitely not meant to be harder more than they're easy but they're still hard like the average divorce rate in the UK is 42 percent that is almost half of marriages this is of as of 2021 that's almost half of marriages that end in divorce like that's such a grim statistic but you know it's funny that we all know this 
But what I love about love is that we all still, well, not all of us, but most of us still want that. Like, people are still getting engaged all the time. They're still getting married. And, like, we're all still, like, blindly believing that, like, we are making the right decision and that the relationship's going to work. And I actually think that's really sweet of us all to do that. But, yeah, those are the stats. And 31% of second marriages end in divorce. So, yeah, it's less, but it's still quite high. I would have thought, like, in an ideal world, it'd be, like, 20 to 30% of marriages end in divorce. And then, like, half that for second marriages. But it's not. It's a mad statistic. And I was listening to Paul Brunson on Diary of His CEO podcast. You know, he's the guy who's on Slebs Got Dating and Mind at First Sight UK presents. Um, and he's like a love court. I've actually met him. And obviously, you don't need to know this, but I am going to name drop him in. I have met him. And he was like just as lovely in person. Like, so, so nice. And he's been married for 22 years. But he said that five years in, he said, in a marriage, he said, not in relationships, but in a marriage, is a five-year itch and a seven-year itch where things tend to be a struggle. So that's like when people tend to get divorced more after those two times. And he said five years into his marriage, he was sleeping on the settee. And like they were really, really in a bad place. And when Stephen Bartlett asked him, War saved the marriage. He said love languages. And I was so happy because I rant on about love languages all the time. Like, honestly, a lot. Like, Matt is sick of it. But it is so important. And Paul said that his wife's love language was gifts. But he never understood it until he looked into it. And basically, they always used to argue because she wanted gifts for birthdays and Christmases. And why haven't you bought me this? Why don't you buy me that? Like, And that was the way that she felt love. And it's because her father used to spoil her all the time when she was younger. So she associates presents with love. But he just saw it as like being a spoiled brat. So he said... Rather than help it, because it annoyed him, he just didn't buy her anything. So imagine, like, that's your love language, and you've got somebody that doesn't do it at all, then obviously it's a problem. And he said when he read about it, and he understood it, then he could give presents, and he understood, like, the reason behind it, so he was more understanding. And that's if they marriage. Guys, girls, if you don't know what your love language is, please do a test because I live for it. And come and tell me what yours is. And if you've got any stories, email me. My email is down below or um, DM me on Instagram. I'm at Sadie Maltby. Because honestly, I, I can't talk about them enough. So I'm going to try and go off the subject. Otherwise, I will get carried away with it. But one of the other things that he mentioned, which I actually was completely unaware of, attachment styles. And this concept has been around a long time in psychology and it basically refers to how we relate to others and how we feel about the important people in our lives. So it comes really from how you were brought up and like as they call them like your main caregivers or your parents or whoever you were brought up by, like how they showed love and how your home life was generally will dictate your attachment style. So there's four attachment styles and they are anxious, preoccupied, 
which is relationships can often make you feel anxious, unsafe or insecure because you likely have a subconscious fear of abandonment. Second one, fearful avoidant. Relationships can feel chaotic, confusing and overwhelming because you swing between being avoidant and anxious. Third one, dismissive avoidant. Intense emotions can feel overwhelming and can cause you to pull away from others. You may find yourself withdrawing from arguments or triggering situations. I thought that that was going to be me because if I argue with somebody, like anybody, my immediate reaction is to step away and not speak to them. Like, like straight away, it can be the littlest argument and I will, like, I just need to go. Like, I need to be by myself and I can't be around you, I can't speak to you, I can't look at you. So I thought I might have been there. And then the last one is securely attached. You often feel comfortable and at ease in relationships. You're also good at communicating your needs and feelings and feel open to vulnerability in your relationships. So yeah, I thought I might have been the other one, but I'm like, oh, I'm also anxious and it's going back and forth. So I did two tests and I will link them both. One of them goes like a little bit deeper and the other one is just kind of like yes or no questions. I did them both. And guys, my results on both were secure. I was so pleased. I still am super happy. Like the gal with the anxiety is actually secure and it just made me feel so much better. Sorry to gloat, but it just made me think like, oh, well done. You know, like your anxiety is pretty much just related to like work and stuff and it sometimes it feels like it can take over like my whole life and my brain but doing this just reminded me that like I have got secure bones in me like I am okay (laughs) not just ending wrong with having the other ones but like I really thought like seeing the anxious style anytime I see the word anxious I'm like it's me but yeah it wasn't so that's very good news I encourage you to do the test although it did say I've got secure attachment style, but without knowing how to communicate best with different types of partners, you may keep ending up in unfulfilling relationships. So yeah, I guess that's fair. It is always hard to talk to somebody in it and like express yourself well. So you kind of have to have the right match for that. So yeah, I'm going to link the test below. Do them and please send me your results. Obviously, if you can relate it to anything, then come and let me know. And I did wonder afterwards, like he didn't, I don't think he spoke about this in the podcast, but I did think afterwards, I wonder if that affects, well, it must do, like how you get into a relationship because you've got to be a certain type of person and you communicate in a certain way to get with somebody, you know, and to like get what you want out of a relationship. So when I think like there was a question in the test that a few years back I would have answered differently and now I answered in a positive way and back then I would have answered differently and then when I think about the difference in me dating and I mean part of it is age as well but when I think about me dating like in my early to mid 20s like at the start I mean not when I was with someone because I've always kind of been the same when I'm with someone but at the start like with certain people I wouldn't be that forward and like with what I want or anything um and I got this message from a girl on TikTok she said I've been dating this guy for a few weeks and he's changed his hinge picture three times in the last week 
I'm about to go on a trip with him. We aren't exclusive yet, but I don't want to seem like a stalker, so I'm pretending it's okay until after the trip. How do I approach this? And I was like, if you're going on a trip with somebody, you're obviously, not serious, but you've obviously been dating like for a little while, I'm assuming. So she's obviously got feels for him. The fact he's changed his hinge pictures three times in the last week means he's on a different page. He is definitely out there looking for other options. And even if you're not like a really confident, secure person, you've just got to fake it until you become it. The way I think to have the exclusive talk, and I said this to her back on my TikTok, is just act cool, like ask in a cool way as if you were doing exactly the same thing. So just say to him, hey, are you seeing anybody else? And he says, no, I'm not, are you? Oh, no, I'm not. I just wanted to know this all, you know, just to be on the same page and whether or not I should stop speaking to other people. Like stay toxic. Stay toxic. Check a little line in there and, you know, keep him on their toes. Like, oh, I just wanted to know. But let them know that you don't want to see other people and you were just checking. Or if he says, oh, yeah, I am seeing other people or I'm looking to see other people, then say, okay, yeah, call me too. I just wanted to make sure that's all we were on the same page. Act cool. Say it nonchalantly. Is that even the word? I think it is. And they will never know. They're never going to know the real reason you ask. It's all about how you're wording. If you stay cool, they're going to think you're cool. They're probably going to think you're seeing other people. And with the way that most of these motherfuckers work, sorry for the swearing, but they'll probably warn you when they think somebody else is going to have you anyway. Not that I'm suggesting to play that game to do that, because realistically, if you wanted to be exclusive with you, you would have asked by now. And he should have asked. So if you're going to get feels for him and he's not on the same page, you pretty much need to cut ties. Like if you have that conversation with him and he's like, yeah, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking that there's anything serious between us. And you were thinking, shit, I was hoping there would be. That's your time to walk away, I think. But yeah, I did wonder like if you had a real secure attachment style, you'd probably be able to just go up to him and be like, I saw you changing your hinge pictures. Like, what's happening you see in other people? Like, it's got to be... Like, the attachment styles have got to affect everything, haven't they? If, you've, if you're in an anxious attachment style and you're worried somebody's going to leave you, you're going to want to avoid that question altogether because the answer could mean that they leave you. So I found it very interesting. And I'm probably going to, like, come back to this at some point. I think it's going to be, like, a love language thing for me. Like, it's going to stick in my mind, you know? But going back to what I said before, where I feel like now I'm in a secure attachment style, <laughs> like I said to Matt, and he's the only guy that I've said it to first, like, are you seeing other people? But part of me wanted to know, yeah. Um, also because I wasn't seeing anyone, and usually I am, and I was like, if I'm not seeing anyone, but he is, like, that would really hurt my ego. But also, like, for safe sex, I've said this before, like... You've got a right to ask somebody that you're sleeping with, especially if you're sleeping with them, like, without condoms or whatever. You've got a right to know if they're going with anybody else for health. Like, being healthy is cool, guys. STIs are not cool. And I think that should just be a very easy way to have the conversation, to be like, I just want to know whether or not we need to use condoms. Like, if we're sleeping together, just us two, then let's get tested 
and let's be safe. I'm always going to be a preacher for safe sex. So that's what you'll get from <laughs> Love What Luck. Safe sex and love languages. But ultimately, I feel like everything, every single thing that we've spoken about today comes back to honesty, which is such like an obvious thing. Like, yeah, you've got to be honest with your partner, but not everyone is. And I also think like you have to be honest with yourself and how you're feeling, whether that means that you're like going off somebody, then you've got to be honest and tell them. Or if it means that you're like you're feeling really anxious about them and you're not feeling very secure, then you've got to be able to tell them. And that was in the quizzes actually of attachment styles. It just all comes down to being honest and feeling like you can be truthful with your partner about how you're feeling, about your past, you know, about anything really. Like I said before, like with my first boyfriends that I was so like, not scared, but like so aware that if I did something that they didn't like, there would be a big argument that I would just hide stuff. Like... I mean, it was mental, but my ex would say, like, did anybody look at you or did anybody talk to her? I'd be like, no, were there any boys there? No, it was all lies, but it's just because it's easier and that's just not a good thing to be. Like, it's not a good way to be and it's not a good relationship to be in. Like, I really hope that, you know, not just boyfriends, but friends as well feel like they can be honest with me and that I'm not going to, like, judge them. It's a big thing and we all need it in our lives, so... Yeah, that's it. I have got a sad story to end on. Sorry if this episode's been depressing, but gotta take the good from it. You know, we're learning lessons where we can. Um, yeah, girl's message. She said, My boyfriend of almost 11 years broke up with me. First, he said that we needed a break, but then admitted to there being someone else. He said he never cheated on me. They met at work. I mean, literally the week after... <laughs> I did the office romance story, of course they met at work. And he doesn't love me anymore. We live together, mind you. At first I thought he was actually trying to be a man and be honest with me, but now I'm not so sure. He asked me to move out and told me to take all the time I needed to get my stuff together. He also said he wouldn't bring her around. I mean, I should think not, mate. Don't break up with me and then think you can bring the new girl around just because it's like you are flat on paper. I'm sorry, no. That is not okay. On what planet would that be okay? Like, acting as if he's doing her a favour? Oh, thank you, thank you for not bringing your girlfriend around whilst I still live here. Like, you absolute hero of a man. Sickening. This is why I thought maybe he still cared. But then he went cold. He brought her to the house. No, I'm sorry. And what is she doing? What is the girl doing? The guy is at blame and I will always blame the guy over the girl. But also, come on, love. Like, if I've taken a man off another woman, I'm not going to their house while she's still there. Like, why would you even want to do that? So awkward and disrespectful. He slept with her while I was there. I'm done. 11 years, by the way. That's a lifetime. This was not even a week into the breakup. Oh, I guess worse, which was also right before my birthday. I mean, you think you know somebody. Imagine being with somebody for 11 years and they do that. That is one of the shittiest things I've ever heard or read out on this podcast. I honestly think that's up there with one of the worst. That's actually unbelievable. Well, that's it. Hopefully next week I'll get some nice love stories back because I haven't 
actually been sent that many nice ones of, of late, you know. I am, at the minute, tending to get some negative ones, which is maybe why I've started this podcast on, like, everyone's a liar. <laughs> uh, yeah, please, guys, can somebody send me some nice love stories? Because we need them. Come and follow me at Sadie Maltby. My email is also in the show notes. Please, please, please subscribe. I said last week it means the absolute world to me when I see my subscribers go up on Spotify. So please follow, like, share, subscribe. I'm also on YouTube and TikTok and I'm using those platforms both quite a lot now. So I'm at Sadie Maltby on everything, but all the links are below. And yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I will speak to you next week.